This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast Podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined, as always, by my guy, Mr. Andrew Webster Webby. What is good? Not too much, man. I'm still, it's been a couple of weeks now, but I think I've still gotten over uh, the Eagles loss in the Super Bowl. I think I've come to terms with it. I wasn't one of these people jumping on the refs. I know that became a narrative, but uh, all all flowers to the Chiefs. Uh, Great run by the Eagles. I'm sure we'll be back there next year. Uh, So we're about now, what it means is that we are locked in. Okay. We have got a stretch run now to the NBA playoffs. All-star game out of the way. Trade deadline day out of the way. We're loaded up. We're ready for the stretch run. Let's get to the playoffs, Shelly. Let's get to the playoffs. This has been a crazy season so far. I'm sure the playoffs will just keep it going. Yeah, and you know, the NBA All-Star Game every single year becomes a topic of discussion. How to fix it, how to do this, how to do that. And there's all these deep dives. But instead of like, how about you guys just try? (laughs) Yeah. There doesn't need to be more of a breakdown or deep dive other than, hey, how about you just try? How about I've that? got no no opinions whatsoever on the All Star Game. I don't I, I don't even watch the dunk contest anymore. I was happy to see Riff Raff ne- Riff Raff's nephew win it with a Sixers jersey on. Even Hold though on. that's not I really don't think I've ever that's not really that he's Riff Raff's, he's Riff Raff's nephew. No, he's in not. real Stop life. This. No, Mac McClung not. is Riff Raff's nephew, bro. That is not true. Are you yes. being for real? I am being for real. Hold on. Like <laughs> we, you can pause the show, but <laughs> no, no, no. I'm looking it up right now. Don't worry. Keep talking. Hold on. Yeah. How is how he do I to, not know about he this? went he went to he went to Georgetown? So okay. uh cousin, cousin. They're related. Is Mac McClung. His cousin. <laughs> insane. His cousin is Riff Raff. I thought that it was his is, uncle, but his cousin is just as good. Still, yeah, no, yeah. I, listen, I've been, I let you know, I love those like YouTube videos of the guys when they're in high school, like when mm-hmm. they're about to sign or go to the G League. It's all about watching the high school tapes. Yeah. Mac McClung's was insane. Oh, yeah. Zion level, Zion level dunks. Oh, and yeah. then he, he went to Georgetown and he, he's not a very good basketball player. I don't think he has he played a minute for the Sixers in the regular season. I don't think so. I did no, I but he did remember the Sixers seeing, jersey. I did remember seeing the tweet though of the Sixers trying to advertise like, "Hey, come to our like, you know, store in the arena before tonight's game and get the made-to-order Mac McClung jersey." Meaning like they weren't actually making them until someone ordered it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So there's no That's actual good. Mac McClung jersey, but it's not going to be a number one seller in Philly. But you'll see the McClung jersey around, bro. You if will. If there's a town, it would be Philly. That would That's be walking the best around. part. <laughs> Underrated Jersey City. Okay, because I you'll mean. go to dip, you'll go to big. You know, everybody's got. I was thinking about it. The uh, I was watching the Lakers game against. We'll get to it against the against the Mavs, the Mavs mm-hmm. and Lakers, mm-hmm. and. Kyrie was bringing the ball up, and you know how you can see everybody's back? Yeah. And everybody's in 77s. <laughs> All 77s. And I was looking for the one guy yeah. who went out and got the, the the Kyrie. I was like, did anybody did anybody drop the probably 100 bucks on the Kyrie Irving Mavs jersey? I couldn't see one. Couldn't see one. 
I mean, that but, but, is a bad but, investment, I would say. <laughs> Philly's good because, like, yeah, you'll get a lot of Embiid's, a lot of Hardens, but you'll you'll get a lot of like Mike Scotts. There'll like be Maxies. There's got to be Maxies. Oh, Maxies for around, sure. But right? it's like the it's like you want you want to get the guys who are. George um, Niang, Tony Roten from a couple of years ago during the process Yo, time. The I, process. Tony, I was going to get a McConnell jersey. Like TJ McConnell is one of my favorite Sixers of all time. Come on, man! That, that was all guy. effort, dude. He had that playoff run where he had like four or five games in a row that he was putting up numbers. Man, one of the big reasons. Again, I, I we'll get to it, but the the Sixers don't have anybody like a TJ McConnell, and they don't have a coach. Who would play a guy like TJ McConnell if they did? I refuse to to breathe more energy into a full-on TJ McConnell, <laughs> Mac <laughs> McClung, Sixers love fest to start off this pod. We're going an hour, hey. and a half, an hour and a half on TJ McConnell's impact on the NBA. <laughs> this is where we are. This is where we are. But there is a lot going on in the NBA. We'll talk about it all. Jacoperto potentially saving the Raptors season. Dame dropping 71. <laughs> From, from Jacob Pertle to TJ McConnell. Know, <laughs> TJ <right>? McConnell. <laughs> what a pod. We got LeBron injury news. We got the latest on that. Um, crazy comeback, 176 to 175 double OT games. We're changing OT because of this game. This is what's also come down. We're changing overtime now. Crazy. Because of this game. The NBA. For sure. Wow. Including, I do want to talk to you a little bit about your man's Jokic as well, which we'll get there. Yeah. So much going on, but as always, people know that what we do here on this pod is we will start with your Toronto Raptors, and I put up the key here. The key says, yak and skill saving the Raptors season. I mean, I know that sounds a little crazy, but despite the Raptors getting blown out by the Cavs, the Raps have looked a lot better since they made the addition of Yakapurtle. A move that, let's be honest, at the trade deadline, a lot of people are kind of like, wait, what's going on here? What are we doing? So I'm going to put this to you, Mr. Andrew Webster. Are you surprised the by the impact that Yakapurtle has had on the Raptors so far? I don't know if it's necessarily Yakapurtle. I know that's the name mm-hmm. tied around the same time, but I think that there were three non-moves that were made that are having a much bigger impact on the Raptors, and that's not getting rid of Fred, not getting rid of OG, and not getting rid of Siakam. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what that did in like that, those non moves almost breathe life back into your season because now you feel that you've got the, uh, the upper management's belief and the coaching staff's belief that you can make a run to the playoffs. So I think that might be having a little more of an effect than Jakob Pertl's, you know, (laughs) double, double machine. No, he's put up some numbers, man. He's put up some numbers. Okay. He's had a couple of good games. They (laughs) haven't played exactly a murderer's row of a schedule here. Correct. And and that's going to get a little tougher. But I think that, again, I think that's a little bit tied with this culture thing that I'm talking about is these guys obviously have a love for Pirtle. Like he's like he and Siakam are the new Boban and Toby Harris. <laughs> you know, they're just like buds. So yeah. and I think the vibes like, you know, I, you could probably point to a number of analytics that would point out what's really going on. But you can't discount the vibes it's and true. the vibes right now in the Raptors is very good where it was a couple of months, even a month and a half, two months ago. They were very bad, very bad, like. Nurse was talking to Siakam privately, and then there was that right before the deadline, Masai took Siakam off to the side, 
And a lot of people, especially on Twitter or whatever, were saying, oh, he's, you know, this is the conversation. But instead, it sounds like it was a we're battening down the hatches. We're bringing in uh, an asset that we know can play in this system. Uh, and, and it's worked, you know. Again, we'll see because it it's going to get tough the next like two weeks here for the Raptors. For sure. So one of the big things you said there, right, was just changing up the vibes and uh, the Masai Ujiri press conference on trade deadline day echoed that fact exactly what you're saying right like yak is just a good dude to bring into your locker room but also just the way that basketball is and i think this is an underrated part that a lot of people don't fully comprehend sometimes right you need the pieces to fit and it's one of the things we talked about a lot you know in our previous iterations of teams and basketball building and how you put together a roster but the importance of yak is that he has an impact on the game Without actually needing touches, you don't really have to run plays for him. He's going to hustle. He's going to get on the glass. I mean, you look at his rebounding stats, you're getting like nine rebounds, 14 rebounds, 18 rebounds, nine rebounds, 10 rebounds. Like, it's just he's a beast on the boards. And the Raptors needed that presence in the middle, but also they needed a guy who, and I keep pointing this out, and I, I wonder if people actually paid attention to this. During Masai's press conference, he kept mentioning multiple times about the team being selfish at certain points. And then there was one other point in the presser where he talked about Jakob Pertl and he, he was kind of, you could tell he was tiptoeing around, but he said he will pass the ball. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. And right. I feel like that's a very important thing. Cause one of the things we talked about, about this Raptors team was you were coming into a season where Fred's coming off an all-star year. Pascal's coming off an all-NBA year. Scotty Barnes is coming off a rookie of the year year. You heard the rumblings about OG wanting a bigger presence, a bigger role. Gary Trent Jr., right? We know what's going on with him. He's getting into a player option. You have a lot of these guys that have individual things that they are working towards. That at times becomes difficult to all collectively come together and try to win games. If everyone needs their stats, everyone needs all these things. You need guys in there. And I love Chris Boucher for this reason. He comes in, gets on the glass, works hard, rebounds. You need more of those pieces. Guys that just don't need touches. They don't need shots. They get their shots within the flow of the offense. Those things matter. And I think Jakob Pertl, I give him a side credit for knowing the piece and knowing the impact that it could have. But you are right. We're talking about games against Utah, Detroit, Orlando, the Pels without Zion. Pels have, Detroit been, again. Pels have been arguably the worst of these teams that they played. Yeah. And then, Det- and then Detroit again. Detroit again. And then yeah. Cleveland. And that was a blowout the, loss. So the breaks off them. And that was the thing. It was like... I, tough because, you know, on the road, whatever. But they, I mean, a good team, top three team in the East, four team in the East, and they beat the brakes off the Raptors. Like, Well, as you said, right now, we're talking about, you know, are they trying <laughs> to make a run and make a playoff push here? And if you're trying to do that, these are the kind of games that you need to kind of get ready for, right? You got to step mm-hmm. up and be ready for these games because I guarantee you Cleveland had that game on their calendar. They were ready for it. They're sitting there waiting for the raps to come. And for the raps, you're on the second night of a back to back, but I mean, it is Detroit to Cleveland, but still, it's still a back to back. Stop playing back to back. Jeez. Try to play back to back basketball games. will be dead. 
right? And so you're looking at this week, massive week for the Toronto Raptors. They play, we're taping this before the Bulls game on Tuesday. So the Raptors got the Bulls on Tuesday and they got two games against the Washington Wizards. The reason why that is important, because when you look at the Eastern Conference standings, you're talking about the Raptors who are in 10th place and then the Bulls are in 12th and the Wizards are in 11th. So the teams are right there jockeying for position. And yeah, These separated are massive, by a, separated by a game or two, right? Like exactly. And then not only do you get those three games against you know your basically your rivals where you're sitting out in the standings, and then you go on the road out west. Exactly. So my question to you then, based off of all that, their upcoming sked, as you mentioned, these three games this week are big, and then they head out west. You got Denver, you got the Lakers, you got the Clippers. Do you think the Raptors? There's a lot of talk. Can the Raptors get to sixth place? Or more importantly, can they make the playoffs? Where are you setting your benchmark for this team right now? Playing, playing tournament. And if you can host the play-in game, if you can get to seven or eight, if you can leapfrog the Hawks. But again, like the teams that are above them, I, I'm the shine is starting to come off the the Nets for me a little recently. But yeah, yeah. but you look at the Knicks, the Heat, and the Hawks are all the Hawks bringing in Quinn Snyder. I think is going to be way better than. It looks on paper. I, I think it's a great move. He's an awesome coach. Okay. And Nate McMillan is becoming like um, Doug Collins was back Ooh. in the day, where you can come in in the first two years, get that team to the playoffs, but then you're going to lose them. And that's what happened with McMillan. He's a great coach, but for the first couple of years, I think a guy like Snyder will have some success and hopefully he can tap into Trey Young because that's another really talented team. And for the Raptors to leapfrog them, they're going to really have to. I mean, have an awesome road trip here. I, I mean, yeah. win at least one of those games against the Nuggets, hopefully win both of the ones in L.A. And then if so, but I don't think getting into that sixth spot is it. I, it's a long shot. It's a long shot. It is a long shot. And as we look at the Eastern Conference standings here, right, to me it seems kind of interesting because as I look at it, I feel as if, you know, you look at the Raps, you look at the fact that they – I'm trying to bring it up here. I don't know if this will work here on the pod as well as I think it will. And no, that did not work because I thought <laughs> it would. But I'm going to keep talking anyways. People um, will believe us when we tell them what the standings look like. Right? I just think that you look at where the Raptors are, and they're in ninth place as we speak, right? Yeah. And I think that you know, at that point, you look at it. You got Washington right behind them. They're a game behind them. You mentioned the Hawks who are in eighth and you got the Heat who are in seventh place. Now in sixth, you got the Brooklyn Nets and the Brooklyn Nets are a team that who knows what's going to happen, right? Like, I don't know where the Brooklyn Nets are going at this, at this position. Right. And I think that that's kind of where the struggle comes because you wonder just where that that lineup is going to be at a certain time, right? Because at the end of the day, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, where is that roster right now? You know, what is that roster going to be? What are their goals right now? What are you thinking their their goals are going to be just when you look at this Brooklyn Nets team? I I mean, I think that this season has been so fraught with, I mean, everything. I, I going literally... Every controversy, you've now lost those three pieces that you had brought. It it is such a disruptive season for them that I'm sure Brooklyn has no goal. Yeah. Let's get through this season. 
We've got mm-hmm. assets. Let's see what we have in the offseason. Because you can tell the guys go out there. I, I'm sure their players will go out there and try to play as hard as they can. Right now, they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, they can very easily get into a playoff game, a play in game, even if they keep dropping a few. They obviously don't have that talented of a roster, but they spotted themselves a. I wouldn't expect them to tank and to fall into, you know, like where you see Charlotte or Detroit is. I don't think there's enough time, right? So they're definitely a team that you could see dropping down in the playing game, but I'd be surprised if they dropped all the way out of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And as we bring this back to the wraps, I totally agree with you in the sense of I, I see them in the play-in tournament. I don't think they get all the way to sixth, but I do think they end up making the playoffs. Either way, though, this next two weeks will tell us a lot about where the wraps will be because they do have, I want to say, like the second or third uh, most difficult schedule Yeah, in terms of opposing team winning percentage uh, the rest of the way. So we'll get to see you got interesting games down the stretch. And I think the beauty of bringing in this play in tournament is that these games now the stakes are higher, right? This becomes playoffs essentially from here on out. And if you're the NBA, if you're any team, any team's fan base, it's what you want. You want important games at the end of the regular season. And here we are. You look at that list, man. There's only two teams in the East that are totally out of it. Yeah. Who's to say a team like Indiana can't put together a run? Who's mm-hmm. to say a team even like Orlando? I mean, Paolo's are, they're making moves. He's awesome, man. That kid yeah. is balling out. So who's to say they can't make a little bit of a run and make it a really tight race even to get into the play-in tournament? But quick question before if, if we're going to move on, but I got mm-hmm. a quick question for you. Looking down the road, say the Raptors were to make the play-in game. Okay. And they were to you know say host the nets and they get one of those top bottom two spots who would you okay. rather face as a raptor fan the bucks or the celtics who do you think <laughs> matches up better who do you think because they're obviously the yeah. top two teams in the east mm-hmm. i'd love to put the sixers up there like they might have a chance i don't think so those yeah. two teams right now are the best teams in the east probably the best two teams i in my opinion in the nba mm-hmm. who do you think the raptors match up better with oof i think this is going to sound messed up, but I actually think it's probably the Bucks, just because there's one Giannis, right? And they've and like, done it before. As they, amazing as Drew Holiday is, and I think Drew Holiday, I'm a Drew Holiday supporter, always been on Drew Holiday's side. I just think the depth of the Celtics, you know, when you're throwing out Tatum and Brown, either one of them can go for 30 a night. Uh, Middleton's still working his way back from injury, so you're not really for sure what you're getting there. Obviously, they added Jay Crowder, but you're not really sure what you're getting there, and it's Jay Crowder. Do you know what I mean? I just think the depth of the Celtics is something that I'd be way more worried about in terms of who I would, you know, rather face in the first round of the playoffs. With that said, you're talking about Giannis, right? Yeah. And I mean, the the Raps got enough bodies to try to throw at Giannis to make their, you know, his life difficult. So I would say you'd rather play the Bucks, but I mean. Yeah, that's a tough one. Either way, making it in that play-in tournament and, and getting one of those two teams, it seems like a huge fight to get into a first-round knockout, <laughs> right? But what about you? What do you think? Uh, I no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I like uh, you say the crazy thing about the Celtics. I like that. I watched that awesome game against the Sixers on Saturday, and Tatum was terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. he hit the shot, the game-winning shot, but through the most of the game, he couldn't hit anything. But they can turn to so many other players, whether they be big or small, coming off the bench or other starters, and 
you know, go through that um, cycle of their rotation uh, yeah. really well. That it, they're such a complete team. I, they're tough, man. Totally. With the Bucks, you've got a lot up in the air, like you said, with Middleton's injury, with Giannis. Giannis banged up a little bit and, mm-hmm. and the other pieces. They don't have a guy like my boy Dante DiVincenzo there anymore. <laughs> they were, you know, they, instead yeah. they've got your guy. Um, Oh, the nasty guy from Duke who everybody hates. I oh, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen. They got uh, Joe those Ingles. are the guys in the playoffs. Those are the guys in the playoffs that like your man's Joe Ingles in there, still still doing oh, some type of work. An Aussie man, like those guys are nasty. Bro. I mean, you're um, right. So though. The Celtics, I, you're, I, the Celtics, you're looking at Brogdon coming off their bench. White, right? Derek White. Derek White. I mean, Al awesome. Horford. Yeah. Al Horford's still playing at a really high level. Robert Williams, even Grant Williams, is a yeah. little bit of a like uh, one of those guys that gets under your skin that can do big things in the playoffs, right? And that's sure. the guys you need. That's the guys you need. So, And that's what Hurdle could be for the Raptors, right? Yeah, yeah. So either way, Raptors playoffs, I mean, if fans want playoffs, the playoffs start this week. Yeah, right? get let's, ready. Let's Staying up late. You guys will be on, you're, you're working on uh, my hours out here in the mountains, man. Those games are perfect. They come out in like seven or eight for me. It's awesome. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun for sure. But speaking of depth, I mean, I don't know if there's a bigger blow to one's depth than LeBron James being out, uh, but more headlines around the NBA as our man's Adrian Wojnarowski has reported ESPN sources. LeBron James's right foot is expected to be reassessed in two weeks to see how much progress he's made, but timeline on return expected to extend beyond that checkpoint where Lakers reside in standings by then could impact how soon it makes sense for him to return. Mr. Andrew Webster. I mean, we just watched the Lakers in a huge 24, 27 point comeback win against the Mavs huge Uh, win for them. They've been playing really, really good. They've been playing really good since the deadline Vanderbilt and, and uh, Malik. They've both been awesome for this team. It found like Davis was staying kind of healthy. It sounded, it seemed like they were fitting to make a run. Like we're talking about the Raptors making here to get into a play in spot there. And, yeah. and really, and then from there, who knows? Cause you have LeBron James, but now they, I, two weeks is a long time right now. And Super that's just to be time. reassessed. Exactly. And that's where it becomes really tough, right? Because he's going to be reassessed in two weeks, meaning that sounds to me like no matter what, if he comes back, he's still going to be hurt. And then it becomes a matter of pain tolerance. And now you're talking about this is where we get into the age and all this stuff, right? But, you know, him being able to to talk about, okay, well, can I come back? How much am I able to give to the team? So I feel like this two weeks is kind of a let's see how the team does without LeBron. If they're looking really good and let's say they're playing really well, then you might sit them out a little longer, right? If, if Anthony Davis can return to Anthony Davis, and I know we keep waiting for that, but the reality is they're a half game out of 10th. They're two and a half games out of sixth, right? So what can this team really do? Can they get and remain within playoff contention, even get to the sixth spot without LeBron? What do you think? I don't know about the sixth spot, but again, if Davis can stay healthy, he's a good enough player, and that roster is I would, uh, D'Angelo, but D'Angelo really doesn't play. He's banged up. Mm-hmm. I, could you do it? You could. I don't know how far you're going to go, though, without LeBron, and I don't think that this foot injury is going to change the fact that I, I think LeBron is out of here. Yeah. Out of here in the mm-hmm. offseason. 
I don't think this foot thing changes much. And I mean, out of here, unless they go on a dream run and win the chip, but that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I mean, my thing is we're, we're talking about, will the Lakers be able to hold up? I mean, what makes me think that Anthony Davis is going to hold up and stay healthy, right? Like nothing. Now you're just asking even more from him because LeBron's out and so you're going to need him to be more. And in a weird way, I know their team overall is better, but in a weird way, maybe they might have been better if they kept Russ and not and with LeBron out because, I mean, we'll get to Russ, and I see the laughter on because you know me. You know I'm a Russ guy. But the point I of what know. I'm saying is with LeBron out, you need people to just go, right? And now, like, it's Anthony Davis or nothing. Right. Like you don't have anyone else really that's going to be able to to carry this team and like get buckets, make plays on a consistent night to night basis. You have enough role players, mm-hmm. but a role player is going to be able to get it done. I don't know. Things are looking tough for the Lakers for sure. And I mean, again, you're begging on LeBron to stay healthy and you're begging on Anthony Davis to stay healthy. I just don't think this is going to go well for the Lakers, but you know the most talked about 12th place team in the history. Of oh, the of course. Listen, absolutely. We got to <laughs> touch on him, right? I, I don't think we've even brought up Kevin Durant's name. It's true. That's you true. Know, we like, haven't talked about Kevin Durant's team and Kevin Durant. I'm, I think is, is supposed to play his first game on. I think it was Wednesday Wednesday night. night. Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday, but either way, the point remains Kevin Durant on the Phoenix suns. Um, Let's let's go there, man. We're talking about the Western Conference. I, yeah, it is Wednesday night. I'm pretty sure he's supposed to make his debut in for Charlotte me, a guy against like, Hornets. For me, a guy like that makes him Western Conference favorites, if not them and the Nuggets. I put him pretty much right up there. <laughs> I know that they're a few spots back, but that team's been playing well pretty recently. Um, and just I, you're adding Kevin Durant to an already pretty good team. I think that they're going to be awesome as long as again if even if he doesn't stay healthy they're still going to be a top 3 seed in the west so i for for the suns it's a no brainer right like you got close a couple of years ago um flame out in the playoffs you got a window why not add one of the best players in the nba yeah and i mean looking at the western conference standings the suns currently at this point are in fourth place uh you got the nuggets in first the kings in third and the grizzlies we'll we'll get to those teams in a bit but in terms of the phoenix suns the grizzlies are uh, they're out in the first round (laughs) first round exit okay first round okay why why is please god let them let them play i you know i hate the warriors i want to see the warriors get into the play in and then Play play the play the Grizzlies or sneak in and play the Grizzlies in a in the in six a seed but, and then like three six or Grizzlies whatever. are paper champs, man. Get that team out of here. Why Get that so out of here? Do you feel like everyone is kind of turned on the Memphis Grizzlies as of late? Like why yeah. is that? It's just like they got a little too cocky. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. And then you started like you could hear rumblings of it a while ago, and then now of like the Shannon Sharp thing and the lasers thing, and you're like, oh, maybe everybody was right. Maybe yeah. this team is a, like a bunch of studio gangsters. It's interesting too, right? Because really they've fallen off and really struggled since Steven Adams went down with injury. And it's like, if Steven I like Steven right. Adams, I think Steven Adams is pretty good, but he can't mean that much to your whole operation. He's the toughest guy on that team, I'll tell you that. 
for sure. But I mean, like if he goes down, like that can't alter your, you know, championship aspirations no, that no. much. If you still what have Ja, Jaron Jackson Jr. is balling out of control. He's playing like crazy. But doesn't that tell late, you something? If it's Steven Adams that's keeping you from winning games, then you mm-hmm. gotta look, you gotta look inside, you know? You so, do some soul searching. So right now the Phoenix Suns are in fourth place, three points or three games back of third and what four and a half games back of the Grizzlies in second. Can they move up at yeah. all? Like, do you think when yeah. they get Kevin Durant, they have a chance of moving up in the, in the standings there and avoiding, yes, I, I mean, you don't want to play the Clippers in the first round, right? Nobody you don't play. wait, hold on. You don't want to play on. the Clippers in the first round. This is, this is what we're going to do. I had this stuff later on in, in the, right. in the, in in the vibes here of the pod, but we can get to this right now. You, I'm guessing you. So you believe in the Suns, okay? Just just so that I keep this all in order. Yeah, yeah, you look yeah, at the Western yeah, Conference, yeah, yeah. okay? Put it on the whiteboard, and we'll just connect the dots, you right? Don't believe in the Grizzlies. No. You you do believe in the Suns? Yes. Yeah. I think the Suns are going to win the West. Okay. Okay. And you don't believe in the Clippers? No. Why? I don't even believe in them. I like. There's not a lot of teams I do believe in. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, what's your issue with the Clippers? You're not enjoying the addition of Russell Westbrook? No, listen, it's the same team every time. Mm-hmm. And how many times have the Clippers done this? Yeah. It seems like this is the same script. And listen, they're awesome. They have great players. And I like, I love Paul George. I love to root for Paul George. He's a badass. Kawhi obviously is a badass. And I, I like Russ too. You know, I'm not a Russ hater, mm-hmm. but like, this I they they don't have the vibes. That is a team that is vibe less. You know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying though? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a crazy game. Obviously, the Clippers lost two OT games over the yeah. weekend. They lost an OT game to the Dallas Mavs, and then they lost a double overtime game on the weekend to the Sacramento Kings. Which was just an insane 176 to 175 yeah. well, loss in double OT. Points. Yeah. And the thing about that game, right? The Clippers blew multiple, multiple leads in that game. They should have won that game maybe three times over and instead end up losing in double OT. So I see, you know, where people are coming from here with how many times are you going to talk yourself into this Clippers, yeah. you know, the Kawhi Paul George Clippers, and then now adding Russell Westbrook might not be the best way to get people on your side in terms of believing that they could get over the hump and have some form of success. I'll say this though, and I, I'll, you know, me, I'll fully admit my bias in terms of believing in the Clippers or not, right? I'll admit my bias here. I'm not sure if I believe in the Clippers. But I know I'm for damn sure rooting for the Clippers, right? <laughs> I'll be honest here, right? My professional opinion, how can, like, what have I seen from the Clippers over the last <laughs> few years of this Paul George Kawhi tandem that one, both of them will be able to stay healthy for an entire playoff run? And two, that they have the supporting cast to survive one of them getting hurt, right? And then now you're adding in Russ. I don't know how this is going to work. The guys played on how many different teams over the last few years. But with all that said, <coughs> there's a few things you know about me, Webby. There are a few things you know about me. I love Kawhi. I'm always going to rep Kawhi. Yep. And you know I'm a sure. huge Russ guy. So I'm rooting for the Clippers here. I want to see them do well. <laughs> I just can't say that I have a whole lot of faith that it's going to go well for the for the. No, they, it's... It, <sighs> You're right. Like you lose one of those two guys and they have all these other kind of like 
Norm, Wings, Spurs, Bones, Highland. You know, now mm-hmm. they got, but they they seem really thin. Like they have all these names, but even adding Russell Westbrook, they seem thin. Mm-hmm. And I and they just have the the brutal brutal history of being the Clippers. <laughs> Which and matters. so it, it, it does, and we've seen it matter. So you know, could they? They're they're a playoff team. Could they win a series for sure? But do you think that they're going to come out of the West? I mean, I can't. I, I I would love to see it happen, but again, as we look at the um, as we look at the Western Conference standings here, right? It's like I'll I'll say this much: Could I see the Clippers beating the Nuggets in the playoffs? Yes. Uh, yeah. Other than the Suns. If I'm the Clippers, I like my chances <laughs> against anyone else in the Western Conference other than the Suns. If I'm the Clippers, I'm and I'm because obviously, if you're that team, you believe you're healthy, you believe you're going to be healthy, you believe in your pieces and all that. And you know, the one thing they do have, like, they won't completely fall off if, like, one of I'll say if. Kawhi got hurt again or Paul George got hurt again. They won't completely fall off because I think they have like Terrence Mann should be getting way more minutes than he actually does. Norm Powell is a six man of the year candidate this year. I know that yeah. might hurt Raptors fans hearing that. No, it's he's just been the facts. Playing well. Right? He's playing well. You know, they got pieces there that you should be able to sustain whatever injury could pop up. And I just look at it. I would take them over the the Kings. I would take them over the Grizzlies. I take them over the Warriors. Like it's it's interesting, right? And and that's why I think the Western Conference and to be honest, even the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be so interesting because it's so up in the air in terms of which team you think for sure is going to make the NBA Finals. And I think that is what we want in terms of watching, you know, night in night out. Um, right. And on along the same the same stance, I mean, we talked about the Clippers and Kings game. Sacramento Kings are in third place. Listen, Sacramento that Kings. That is a team I do believe in. You believe in the Kings? I do okay. believe in the Kings. Talk to That's me. A, Talk to it's me. It's a good balanced basketball team, man. They do have those guys. Mm-hmm. They got the Malik Monks. They got the Kevin Herders, man. These guys that are like we keep t- going back to. Like, yeah. Listen, Sabonis and Fox are awesome. Mm-hmm. They're ballers. And when they go off, that team is almost unbeatable. Yeah. But when you get into these meaning more meaningful games down the stretch and into the playoffs and things slow down, you have to have the other players that are going to step up. And Harrison Barnes is a guy that they didn't move at the deadline when they m- might have been able to get some assets back for him because yeah. I think he's exactly that. A guy who's been there before, and if one of those guys slows down, Barnes knows how to score the basketball. So I, I do think the Kings, again, and I think their success, as dumb as this is going to sound, is going to depend on who they play in the first round. If they get mm-hmm. a favorable first-round matchup, you know that Sacramento is going to be fucking going nuts to host you know, game one of the playoffs. Yeah. So they're going to have real home-court advantage. And if they get a good, uh, like, you know, if they get a good matchup, I think if they build off the momentum of a first round win, they could be in the conference finals. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing Mike Brown is done doing an incredible job yeah. in his first season with that team. That he has them right now at 10 games above 500. First time they've been 10 games above 500 since 2004, 2005 season. Yeah. 
They have the best offense in the NBA. And I mean, this is more than a big enough sample size because the season's almost over. So they get busy. They get buckets. Will the normally I would throw out a hesitation and say, okay, well, the game will change a bit in the playoffs. But I don't think we live in that era anymore where the game drastically changes that much come playoff time, right? Where like you're going to have to have Anthony Mason and Patrick Ewing and right. these <laughs> huge guys, right? No, but, but I'm just saying, the, like the pace of play still remains, you know, like it, it's the game does it's, change, but it's not as much as before where you'd be so worried about, oh, well, you can't play like that in the playoffs. The other part of that is Mike Brown's coming from where? Golden yeah, exactly. State, Golden <laughs> which State, like, yeah. he knows, no, this is what we do. This is what we will do in the playoffs. This is how we play. Um, I mean, talk about a first round matchup. That'd be a very interesting first round matchup for a lot of reasons. Kings versus Warriors. But yeah, yeah I mean, that's a fun team. That's a young team. I love how they got Fox cooking. They got Sabonis on the inside. Keegan Murray's been huge for them this Can- season. The Canadian Lyles is playing, playing big minutes for them. He's been like almost transformed his career, man. Yeah, it's a solid team out there. I mean, it's it's a great story. I love seeing those stories of like a fan base that is super passionate as well. I love when that stuff happens, right? Like these yeah, diehard the fan bases. Towns. One sport towns, man. But that really care, that really come out and support their team and it's loud and you can hear that through the TV screen. Like that stuff is awesome, right? So I'm rooting for the Kings. I, I think that they're for real. I think that they could win a round in uh, the first round of the playoffs. And I found it funny, the the leaks of, oh, the the Lakers are talking about how they hope that they can make the playoffs and face the Kings in the first round. And it's like, they don't on. want that. They don't want that. The Lakers got bigger issues, right? They're trying yeah. to worry about who they're going to play in the first, first round. round. Right? Like, what are we talking about here? But this is just the NBA. This is where we're at. And I find all of that super interesting. But there's another part of this that I find very interesting as well, as we talk about the Western Conference. And, you know, we haven't talked about Dame yet. I'm going to save the Dame conversation. But as we talk about the West, we got to talk about the Denver Nuggets, okay? We've talked about other teams. We haven't really talked about the Denver Nuggets. Crazy part of this, while I was putting together some notes in terms of, you know, what are some of the talking points we want to hit, I got to the end and realized I hadn't even mentioned Nikola Jokic once who could be on the brink of winning his third straight MVP. Why is that? Why is it seem that the Nuggets and even Jokic are getting such a lack of respect, despite the fact that they're first in the West tied for the most wins in the league. My guy's averaging pretty much 25, 12 and 10. That's insane. But why is all of this seem like it's going under the radar? Is it for you? uh, Well, I, I feel that the love for Jokic is out there. Okay. I feel, but I think that everybody kind of has the same mindset in that to win a third straight MVP, you've got to do something that is, you know, you're going to be looked upon as literally a top five player ever in the NBA. If you win three straight, I mean, what's the list of people who have won three straight MVPs, right? It's I feel like, was it bird? Let's see. Yes. M, did MJ win three in a row? LeBron's uh, never won, won three in a row. One, yeah. Wilt has uh, probably won three in a row. I think that here, here's my thing with the Jokic thing, right? I think the market matters. I think that um, 
the other part of it though that is interesting to me is that the market okay it's denver i get that but the other part to me that's really big is that we're in this nba now where we know everything about all of the stars right all of the stars we know yep. so much about them and jokic we don't really know that much about him really like we like when the story about his brothers like that's pretty interesting that's kind of yeah. cool but like you we got don't a really crazy know. backstory but it is a backstory that is completely removed from us and it's not even like a luca backstory right where mm -hmm. i mean this kid is like 17 and playing with the best team in in uh in europe and taking them to championships it's like Jokic was literally dropped off a horse-drawn carriage in the nba and, and like i remember when he was when the nuggets had the choice between nurkic and Jokic, they had both of them at the same time and they went with Jokic, and i was like they went with the they gave the deal to Jokic and not nurkic nurkic seems like a much bigger stronger dude mm -hmm. and Jokic is the 42nd pick and the, the the guy i was talking about youtube videos of high school stars that probably was an sd standard death yeah, you know, I don't even know how they got cameras in the barn that Jokic was playing in. Now his backstory is probably super interesting, but he also doesn't seem like the kind of guy who engages in this NBA media, yeah, thing that we have going on right now. Where a guy like Luca, kind of, even though he is from Eastern Europe as well, kind of does seem to, to play into that. But Jokic definitely seems like he's a little bit step back, not necessarily appearing in like Google phone commercials, commercials yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything it, it, it's so different I think that too. might be a part of it yeah it's a personality thing right and even you could make the argument that i think Giannis is funny i think Giannis has a big personality but i don't even think Giannis is as big of a star as he should be when you consider right. how good he is and how jokes he is and how like <laughs> lovable of a character he is right that's the lebron effect though uh, that's the lebron lebron sucks a lot of that air out of the room because he's still playing and obviously mm -hmm. he's like the biggest star in basketball yeah and so a lot of these other guys like uh, we're gonna talk about dame yeah dame should be like because uh, he's got a great gr like a great personality yeah you know and, so, and should be a star on multiple levels but it just seems like lebron sucks a lot of that oxygen out of the air the only one who's different is Embiid, and you got to admit it Embiid okay. is there. Embiid is the character. Embiid is the villain, the funny guy, the guy who interacts with it all and does it on the court as well. And which is why I think that, listen, I, Embiid's having an amazing year, but it's nowhere near what Jokic is doing and what Giannis was doing. As much as I'd like to say he's the best, I still think he's the best player on the planet. But the reason that he's in still in that MVP conversation is, I think, a lot to do with his personality and the way that he carries himself on and off the court too. So do you think Jokic is the MVP? And I know this is going to be a conversation for the be? whole rest of the season How, for sure. It sucks to say. And by the way, the three are Moses Malone, Larry Bird, and Magic. Those yeah. are the three guys who have won the award three times. No, Wilt, so, Wilt Bill Russell, and Larry. Oh, I have. Yeah. Can Jokic become the fourth player to win three straight MVPs? Oh, I thought it was um, Moses. No, no, no. Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Larry Bird, and could it be Nikola Jokic? So yeah, since the I NBA mean, every night, every night he plays a game, you get a new stat that is like, oh, the only person who's done this before is Wilt. Yeah. 
right? And it's it's insane, right? It's insane. So you got Bill Russell who did it from 1960 to 1963, Wilt Chamberlain from 1965 to 1968, and then Larry Bird from 83 to 86. Yeah, yeah, to win three in a row, to win three in a row. Three in a that's row, what yeah. that's what the number was. Sorry, I probably said earlier to win just three right. in total, but no, to win three in a row. And there's been so there's been 12 players who have won consecutive MVP awards. Um you got guys who are close like here here's the other part of this that makes it difficult for me to just say like Jokic is going to be the guy to win three straight, right? Like Steph could have won three straight. They said and the the voters just got bored. Giannis could have won three straight and the voters just got bored. LeBron could have won three straight twice, right? And the voters got bored. Um Obviously, but Michael not, Jordan is, twice. Michael Jordan twice, right? Like yeah. Charles Barkley, you could make the Carl argument Malone, for. And the Carl Malone one clearly was just like, okay, we're tired of this guy. He's a jerk to us. And the writers decided not to give it to him, right? So that's the part that I understand that it kind of just seems weird that Jokic, we're going to look back and be like, yo, Jokic won three straight. Now, Here's here's the thing. Do you think that I mean those guys that you mentioned that are getting well, I guess maybe LeBron a little more, but you're talking about scores. You're talking about Steph, Jordan, LeBron could happen to, you know, is it because Jokic is uh unselfish with the basketball that his game really is predicated on passing and not on scoring mm-hmm. that gives him a little more like leeway he, with those kind of voters? Hmm, you know? Maybe. He's not just putting he's now he's scoring at an awesome rate and super efficiently too. But is it if he was just a 30 a game guy with three assists, four rebounds, is that different than what he's doing with the passing of the basketball? Because I think that might have a little bit to do with it. The thing that that definitely gets me, and I'll be very honest here, that makes me think that works in his favor the most is the fact that they are first place. And if they are first oh, place in the sure. entire NBA, there's no way that you can't give it to him in this year. Cause that's just a straight hateration. And I'm never for that, right? No matter what the circumstances are, that's just straight hateration. If you don't give him the MVP in a year where he averages a triple double and his team, and not just a triple double, but a 25 point scoring triple double. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, their team is in first place. But my question to you though, as a Sixers guy, and I find this very interesting because there's a lot of people throwing out the argument about, how Embiid impacts the game on both ends of the floor. Oh. Jokic only impacts the game on one end of the floor. I'm surprised. But he does it this- differently. He does it different. Like there's different facets to that offensive game. Okay. Right. Okay. I like. Whereas, that. I like that. listen, I think Embiid is a is a really good passer for a big guy, mm-hmm. but on the offensive end, it's scoring, and on the defensive end, it's protecting the rim. Okay. Right. Now, the other thing is that we haven't brought up, too, is that, yeah, like Giannis and Embiid are both having awesome seasons. But the other thing is that's working in Jokic's favor is durability. Yes, totally. I mean, this guy's got – He's has he played every game? Has he missed – I think he's missed maybe one or two, but not a load management situation or an injury situation like Embiid and, and, uh, and Giannis have, right? Even though he's got yeah. the big – tiger scratches on his arm now it's like every game it's gross you know it's so funny you mentioned the load management stuff and i love how it's become such a huge topic of discussion in the nba just about you know whether it's barkley or Shaq or Stephen a or whoever bringing up load management the nba needs to we need to stop this 
the part that I love the most is that the Raptors legit won a championship because of load management. Yeah, yeah it catching, works. It but they're works. catching no heat for it at all. It, works. Like it doesn't even come up in people's arguments. No. You know what I mean? Like all the people talking about load management, this load management, that they're blaming the stars or blaming all this. But like the Raptors catch no heat for the fact that they said, yo, Kawhi, we just need 60 games out of you in the regular season. Listen, and, and not only that, playoff but- time, we good. Look at their opponent that they that they beat when they won that season with load management. That's a Warriors team that had been going for years and not managing the load. Mm-hmm. And while, well, listen, I'm not saying that that directly contributed to Clay's knee or or yeah, Katie's yeah. Achilles, but wear and tear. You maybe if you rest those guys a couple of weeks of the season in total, maybe they're healthy in that finals. It adds up. It definitely, definitely adds up. But at the end of the day, Jokic. I gotta like you, I, I gotta give I gotta I, as much as I don't want to, as much as I you know, maybe Embiid starts going on like a 50 point a game month here and like mm-hmm. takes it over. But as of right now, I, I it's it's Jokic. I they're in first place. He's playing the best ball. And like honestly, he passes the eye test. When yeah. you watch a Nuggets game, he is fucking fun to watch man yeah he hit and they've got everybody on that team cutting it's sweet they're uh, like people say oh i love watching the warriors man i love watching the nugs i i hope that they make i hope that they make a run during the playoffs and they get to like the conference finals or something sun's conference finals but just so that Jokic people get like people more than the basketball purists that will turn on a game you know that late night Friday night nuggets, you know, whatever, yeah. uh, Warriors game or whatever. But just to give Jokic the full on spotlight so that people get to watch and enjoy how good he is at what he does and the fact that nobody does what he does. No, at his that's, height, uh, yeah, ever. Nobody does what he does. Even Halliburton doesn't do what he does. <laughs> yes. Even Darius Garland doesn't do yeah. what he does. His vision is in, in, insane. And it's just at him. It's so fluid now at this point. There's no, mm-hmm. um, no growing pains or anything. Yeah. Like it's it's incredible. It's incredible to watch. And also just to round out this Jokic talk, you know, got to give some love to Canadian Jamal Murray. Shout out the CanCon as we always right. will, and uh, shout out to the CanCon while talking about that uh, Team Canada. Their qualification is over for the World Cup of Basketball. They qualified, finished first in their in their uh, grouping. I think and now the next up, best team in the world, like men's World Cup coming up later the, this year. I mean, uh, listen, that France team is going to be pretty nasty now that they have Embiid. Mm-hmm. That's the other big thing in international basketball that not a lot. Like yeah, I know not, that it was news, but man, that French yeah. team is. No, I can't root for him. Come on. Like, what, what the <laughs> hell is this? But who's going to be? That's that's a tough out. Um, well, hopefully playing for Team USA might be your man's Damian Lillard, who <laughs> dropped 71 points this weekend versus the Houston Rockets, who, I mean, poor Houston. <sighs> but my question to you, Webby, my guy dropped 71. Are we being spoiled? Because I feel like these high-scoring games happen more than ever but are we kind of taking it for granted here? Because I mean, Dame seven like seventy one points. He took twenty two threes, hit thirteen <laughs> of them. But like twenty two threes in a game, like don't you think Reggie, Steve Nash, those dudes are watching that? Like, yo, I can 
fathom taking 22 threes in a game. Yeah. That's incredible. But what it's do you the, make of Dame 71? I mean, you got to give it up to the guy. He's 71, no matter, other than Booker's 71, which was like, how many free throws did he shoot? He shot like 30 free throws. Yeah. The yeah, Booker yeah, one. Yeah. But the two this season have been really good. Those guys just went nuts. And there's nothing better. There's nothing better on Twitter than getting the tweet like, Dame has 40 and it's in the second quarter. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. like, oh, sh- okay, let's find this game. Let's turn it on. Yeah. Like, that's just a cool thing. And so mm-hmm. I think every time you get into that 60 number, you, like, if you get to 60, I think the blood still starts coursing through your veins if you're an NBA fan. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just special. And like, we're all waiting. We know it's going to happen just with the way that the game's gone. Somebody's going to get past 81. So it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping that he would pass David Thompson. Um, what is it? No, David Robinson. Oh, David Thompson, 73. Robinson was 71? Yeah. yeah. David yeah, Robinson yeah. was 71 and Thompson was 73. Yeah, but the big one is 81. Yes. So here's the thing, though, right? Like, you look at that list, and the list goes, obviously, you got Wilt at 100. <laughs> you got Kobe at 81. Wilt at 78. Wilt at 73. Wilt at 73, David Thompson at 73, Wilt at 72, Elgin Baylor, David Robinson at 71, along with um, Dame Lillard and Donovan and Mitchell Don. from earlier this season. Uh, Devin Booker had 70. He 70, finished with yeah. 70. That's what he had um, as he makes uh, makes it onto that list, which is just absolutely insane. <sighs> but do you think how long do you think it will take? When will we see someone beat Kobe's 81? It's gonna be soon. It's gonna be in the next couple of years. You think it's Dame or Steph? Yeah, it's a three. Yeah. I it, yeah, like I would have said Clay a couple of years ago. Because mm-hmm. that's a guy you can go out and bang 13 threes, like 10 threes in a blink of an eye, right? Yeah. It's it's these it's these guys who aren't afraid, like are confident with the shot, can put it up anytime. <laughs> have the blessing of their teammates. Like, I think that's the other thing. I don't think you would see somebody on the Clippers, for yeah. example, go for 71, but yeah. a guy like Dame or even Mitchell on that team of, uh, on the Cavs, there's not another like uh, Garland is uh, Garland's so good. Um, but he is like a pass first kind of guy, right? So he's not going to get too butthurt about it. But yeah, like I think we'll get there. If somebody gets to 80, 81, that's that's going to be. I, I think it happens in the next couple of years, and it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, and I mean, some of the high-scoring games alone that we've seen this season, and the high-scoring games we've seen against the Rockets alone this season. Yeah, you play the <laughs> for Rockets, sure, man. for sure. Yeah, we're we're gonna get there, and it's just I. I almost felt bad in asking the question because I feel bad that I can't just sit and appreciate like how insane it is that these guys just step over half court and are just pulling up. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do one of these to get it in there. You know what I mean? Like, I want to always enjoy that. I don't want to have that thing ruined, you no. know, that like, wait, what are we watching right now? What is this NBA? Like, no, that is awesome. That is fun. I want to see dudes going for 80. Why not? That is awesome. I want to turn on the TV and see that. And also I just got to mention James last five games, he's shooting 52, 45, and 95%. <laughs> he shot 95%. No, no, no. I'm saying like, no, no, no. Like the, the, like f- from field goal, three point. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Sorry. 
because <laughs> uh, normally we talk about 50, 40, 90, right? And he's shooting 52 from the floor, 45 right. from three, 45 95 from, three, from, right? Like that's just insane what my guy's doing over his last five. But yeah. bottom line, having a lots of fun watching Dame, watching the Blazers, Dame getting spicy, going back. Yeah, he people. could single-handedly get them into the play-in tournament. Yeah, and I mean, I just want to see, like, Dame, it's such a weird dynamic. Everything now becomes the argument about does he leave or should he leave or should he want to join on another team and all this other stuff. And it's just kind of like, I want to see you win in Portland. Cool, but, like, something's got to give here where you guys aren't in the play-in. I want to see Dame do what makes him happy. If he wants to stay in Portland, stay in Portland. If he wants to move, move. I don't, you know, all these, should he stay, should he go? I'm whatever man he's one of the best players in the nba i'm down with wherever he wants to go um i like that in my opinion i think he's tried with this portland team and Mm -hmm. the and the higher-ups to make this team uh if it were me yeah i might test the water see what we can do in philly you know (laughs) how did i know i knew when you started i was like this guy's gonna say something about him going to philly i knew you know harden and be even, you know, harden the rumors about Houston. We bring in Dame. We got Dame. We got Embiid. Maybe on a third. See what we do with that Harris contract. Eh, what do you know? It's it's time for our next segment called Ask on Blast. Sorry, Webby. Sorry, Webby. I, I hey. didn't mean to interrupt your, your Philly. It's all good. I mean, you know, my, head, my head's going. <laughs> this week in our Ask on Blast segment, though, where we talk about anything else oh. other than the game of basketball, there's a television show. On HBO called The Last of Us. Normally when we do a segment like this, I will send you a message to like check and see if you've been watching this show. But I didn't even have to ask. Shelly, Shelly, you and I, you and I are the same age. And you know, I they call our generations many things, but you know what I call our generation? The HBO Sunday night generation. Ooh, okay. Okay, we grew up watching Mm -hmm. these shows. It doesn't matter what it was. I started with Oz. I rolled into the Sopranos, rolled into the wire game of Thrones. If it's on a white Lotus girls, <laughs> uh, whatever you, if you veep, you're going to put it on HBO Sunday night. Succession. I'm gonna Listen, did you hear the succession news? Yes. The, the end of the, the run end is of coming one of my season. faves. I think it's a good call. I think it's a good call. And again, that loops back in with last of us. Cause last of us is only going to be three seasons. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Now, have you okay? So, did you play the video game Last of Us ever? No, I no, I haven't played video games since playing like Madden in high school or something. But I played it for maybe a week. Okay, okay. I didn't get very far, but I knew kind of what the deal was. Mm-hmm. I keep watching the show, and I'm like, I should have kept playing this game. Was <laughs> this a video game? <laughs> Like, was there a mall level where you go with the, uh, with your like girlfriend to play? Like, I I couldn't, I can't figure it out, but I don't know enough about the video game, but in terms of the TV show and, you know, longtime listeners of, you know, whatever iteration of us uh, talking talking, about whatever, right. I, I subscribe to the Bill Simmons school of I'm normally out on anything involving magic vampires or the forest right, right. Like I'm okay. or the forest yeah right i'm i'm out right game of thrones obviously is just such a like nah zombies that that zombies you include that goes into that. vampires yeah okay, that goes okay. into vampires. monsters monsters yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay I, I i got you so 
you know, Game of Thrones obviously surpassed all of that because that was just such a phenomenon. Cultural yeah, 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 touch yeah. point. This show, because of the HBO co-sign, obviously I'm in. Um, I'm watching it with my girlfriend who's like super into this stuff. And I'm kind of like, okay, I'm in. I'm enjoying it. But like I do sit there and I'm watching and I'm like, okay, why would you go down this hallway? Like yeah, I almost yeah. feel bad. Yeah. For ha- for her having to watch it with me because I'm like watching it and I'm like, why would you go down that hallway? Like that makes Stupid. no sense. Yeah, right? like, like what is happening? It's like, oh, we got to the school, we got to the university. I wonder if they're all still here trying to There's find crazy the monkeys running around. That's what I'm turning around. Right? When it's she like, was like, oh, those are those monkeys? I've been like, we're fucking out of here. It's like maybe they're still inside. Let's go see. I'm like, what is this? What? I'm like, hold on. They just made it all the way to this town this town is like beautifully set up he finds his brother his brother seems to be living a good we life we got a jet is perfect it's like oh this seems like a very nice happy ending can't we just end it here no there's something oh, creepy like- about that town man there's something like that's the other thing about these shows is that i okay. go into it and i'm like every time i see a new character that guy and his brother the deaf brother i was like they're dead you're, sus- like, you're suspicious about they're, they're dead. I like I like, let's get to know their names, but I know they're not going to be there in a couple episodes. And yeah. it's just like, we've got the two of them. Everybody else I figure is going to be dead. I, you mentioned this and it, it, as we're talking about this and you know, people listening to us know that we just bounce around and jump around to anything, but I can't lie to you. As you mentioned, white Lotus, the thought just happened. I wish we were doing this pod when white Lotus was on because oh, our man. conversation would have been amazing. <laughs> oh my that God. Show was so amazing. Well, so you good. have to know that I'm retiring to become a hooker in Italy <laughs> because they, those girls had the best life <laughs> of all time. That's what I want to do. Those girls were straight chilling. The one girl just became the piano player at that hotel for like two weeks. Webby's like doing travel podcasts by day. Out there in the skimpy red little number by night. Streets by night. That's it. That's it, bro. No, I had one. I've got one for you. Okay. So the other one is did you ever finish watching Atlanta? Okay, I'm going to get crushed for this. I have not watched the final season of Atlanta. Did you watch the one uh, where they go to Europe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the last season. That's the season, second last season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that season yeah. was incredible. Um, it's a great show. It's an amazing show. I just need to sit down for a weekend and like plow and through the final, the final so the, season of Atlanta. So it's over, but Donald Glover's got a new show coming out. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's got a real creepy vibe and it's called swarm. And it's like the worst case scenario of a B, a Bay hive person. Okay. So if, <laughs> so this, the, all I can get from the trailer kind of is that this girl is obsessed with this pop star and like crazy shit, crazy okay. shit. Got, okay. It's got the Jordan Peele, kind of vibes and also remember in that third season of atlanta those standalone episodes that had nothing to do with them in europe yeah it's got that kind of vibe to it so real creepy kind of dark it looks awesome it's called swarm and i think it's amazon prime so okay. definitely check that out 
So lots going on in, in TV land, TV viewing. And we recommend Last of Us, yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I get it. I, I'm in. Um, I have conversation with it with our guys, you know, Vic and, and, yeah, and of course. Cam and Itty and those guys. Like, we the talk about it every week. Popping. The newsroom's yeah, got to Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about it each and every week. And I'm kind of like, I'm in, but, you know, okay. and they're like, ah, whatever, you know? And, like, again, I like it. It's it's entertaining. Have you obviously, read ahead? No, 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 no. Because oh, one thing I do want to ask you about this. Though. No, I, I'm not. I'm not reading ahead for spoilers. I want to okay. watch the show. I don't want to. I haven't either. Spoilers. Um, what I do want to ask you though is the whole story about the shot of the crew being in, like they oh, left in a shot it. of the I crew. Didn't see it. I didn't see it. Like so the milk in the last or episode, the Starbucks in Game of Thrones. Exactly like that same scenario. But one of the overhead shots, one of the overhead shots when they're walking across the bridge to along the like Death River, all or filmed they here, it. all filmed here in Alberta. Oh, yeah, they were downtown in Calgary. They were downtown in Calgary all the time. Ah, that's dope. You'd like, I, we'd be walking like the people that I worked with, and you'd like walk by a street and you'd be like, "What the fuck?" Turn like all the. All the trucks are all bombed out, and there's grass covering yeah, them yeah, and yeah. stuff. And I was like, oh, Last of Us. Yeah, nice. That's sick. Um, but yeah, some people were talking about that as if that like ruined the show for them, which like, come on, like no. get out of here. What are Last we doing here? Uh, but yeah, no, I'd recommend The Last of Us. I get it. I understand. I just know that I'm a curmudgeon for these type of shows where I got to like, you know, dive into some fantasy type land. You know, like I'm more here for like the successions. You know, yeah. where like it's just people drama, people being people, laughing, right. joking, clowning. Whether clowning, serious, clowning. There's whether, some clowning in this show, though. She's pretty good for sure, for sure. And and that's what that's what gets me though, right? Like there's enough in there of like real uh, interactions, and, human like, interaction. Exactly. I mean, right? that's like what's the, setting it apart for me from the others on The Walking Dead, which I was out. Yeah, I never watched I find the Walking the Dead. Interpersonal yeah. stuff in this one much better. Yeah, and watching that relationship between the two of them as they become more comfortable, as they deal with now, all their loss, and now this is the two of them are basically all they have. Like that is, you know, an interesting dynamic to see, and and you know the way that they built up the characters, like that was maybe some of the most sad television I've seen when oh, uh, the scene when episode? the kid woke up in the morning and he's obviously oh. got bit. The, the kid got bit and he's looking out the window and you know, she wakes up and then he's, uh, he's obviously has now turned into the zombie or whatever. And his brother has to shoot him. And like, that's just like that scene. Wow. That well, was just yeah, great television. Even that, that whole episode with the gay love story was like, yeah, you're in the middle of a zombie show and they dropped this like heartbreaking romantic, mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, it was unbelievable. But yeah. that's why I put my trust in HBO because they're going to put shit like that, that different shit on mm -hmm. the air. It's not going to be that cookie cutter. It's always going to be something interesting that makes yeah. you think. Yep. Overall, we're, we're giving it two thumbs up. We're rolling. Uh, people let us know if there's something you want us to watch or something to talk about. Also, I was like, am I going to give out like basketball picks on this pod? I don't know. I was thinking about that. Do I throw out like two picks at the end of the pod? People let us know if you want that. Yeah. But other than that, Mr. Yeah. Webster, you know, where can the people find you online if they want to get just more of the whole grain goodness from the man, the Listen. myth, the legend that is Mr. Andrew Webster? Instagram, uh, Twitter, they're the same. It's at a Webster 84 hit me up. I'm usually tweeting about sports or entertainment or 
why Connor McDavid should get out of Edmonton. That was the one that I was on last night. I was on <laughs> some like hockey it. stuff last night. I like it. Hey, Lee, yeah. making a run this year, man. Making the hey, run. are you on, you're on the wave, right? When was I ever off the wave? Yeah, there Come you on, go. Man. There you go. Come on. Heavy on that man. leaf wave right now. Come Heavy on, on the leaf wave. man. You know me. Lease wave is here. Shouts to Dubis. Give the pay that man his money right now. Hey, this is what I'm saying. Right. What do you mean? I don't care if they miss the playoffs. Like, lock that guy up, bro. There's nobody. Who else are you gonna get? My guy's out here cooking. It's not his fault they lose. He's out here cooking. No, it's not. It's our fault as Toronto Maple Leafs fans. It's our <laughs> fault that they lose. I'm convinced of that. Oh, man. My name is Sheldon Alexander. You can find me online on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Thanks to the people liking and subscribing to the pod wherever you get this podcast. If you're watching the video on YouTube, bless us with a like. That's how you support the movement that is the On Blast podcast. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the On Blast podcast, part of the Wait, yes, no, this is the On Blast podcast. It is right? the On Blast yes. podcast. This is the this Ball is the On Blast podcast. Here, here we go. Here we go. I got it. I got it. I got it. We'll, we'll rewind this. We'll go take Ooh. two. Boom. I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball On Blast podcast, part of the On Blast podcast network. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. See, like the tagline is there for a reason. It's not just words <laughs> that sound cool. It is no. legitimately always unpolished and unapologetic it's true, it's true. <laughs> appreciate you guys tuning in and until next time see ya this is ball on blast part of the on blast podcast network available on itunes spotify soundcloud and youtube if you like it then subscribe and tell your friends holla